Those of you who know me here in this place and keep your eye on me may have noticed that I have a morning routine that unfolds pretty consistently. After the morning liturgy, I get my coffee and I head to the dining room for a fresh muffin. I find one of the comfortable chairs there and I read the morning paper. Almost every morning, as I'm partway through the section on national and world news, I hear a quiet voice ask, any good news yet? It is the voice of Sister Alice as she goes by on her way for her second cup of coffee. Any good news yet? Whether spoken or unspoken, this is everyone's question these days. These four words speak volumes. They admit the reality of the events that are unfolding in our world, in our cities, and often our neighborhoods that are decidedly not good news. And with one little word at the end, yet, they are an admission that we hold out hope. There is good news, even if it is lurking in the shadows of hopefulness, toward the back pages or at the end of the news broadcast. There's no question that the news, however we access it, is distressing. There is a weariness, I think, with the issues surrounding the pandemic. The deaths of 180,000 in this country alone. It affects the physical health and well-being of so many and the emotional stress of so many more. The sadness we all feel is also there. A sadness because of the looting and the violence and the de deadly interventions by authorities. That just seems to become a hallmark of daily life. We have thought that we were better than that. And yet, there is good news. The mother of a person who had been shot by police urging people not to return violence in the face of the injustice. The creative ways that people have found to celebrate weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, graduations. The amazing Zoom concerts. We become so familiar with Zoom. Concerts of music by musicians from diverse regions and different ages, reminding us of the harmony that is possible across the borders of age, 
color, and a host of other differences. Differences may define us. They don't need to divide us. And in the midst of this litany of joys and hurtfulness, the scriptures for today help us to tap into that search for meaning and happiness that God alone can provide. In the midst of brokenness, we savor moments of joy. The biblical peoples also thought that at times God was elusive. And who better than Jeremiah, who had so many ups and downs in his life, to tell us that? With those memorable words, You duped me, O God, and I let myself be duped. Jeremiah put his life on the line for God, but God did not seem to respond. Yet, there's that word again. Jeremiah admits that the word of God that he trusts was like a fire burning in his heart. I am weary of holding it in, Jeremiah says. I cannot endure it. For Jeremiah, a great hope always arises from within. The psalmist, in one of the most hopeful psalms, in the Testament, the Old Testament, the psalmist echoes this human tension. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. In the shadow of your wings I shout for joy. Are we not also holding on under the shadows that sometimes seem to overwhelm us? And yet the psalmist, like Jeremiah, cannot help but see the presence of God in the unknowable and the unsearchable. Do not, Paul says, conform yourself to this age. Rather, he says, be open to a transformation that trusts in the will of God. In other words, Paul says, discern what is good. Do not despair because it seems elusive. Paul, I think, would make much of the thinking behind the word, yet, and say, yet there is hope for what is pleasing and perfect. Perhaps we feel like Peter in today's gospel as he tries to intervene in Jesus' intention to move on to Jerusalem, to suffering, and to dying. Like Peter, we really don't want to endure suffering, and we don't want to be part of the suffering of others. The crosses of life can consume us if we let them become the whole of life instead of a way to embrace the life that is still possible and is grace-filled. They they can become who we are instead of just one part of who we can become. Maybe that's what Jesus meant 
when he said that the one who saves their life must first lose it. In other words, lose that sense of life that holds us down or holds us back from seeing the deeper sense of life that comes from being free, even with our cross, even as we take it up, and even when we feel there are too many to bear. And that's why, my friends, that's why we so need to be in touch with each other, to trust that human goodness will surface, that compassion is possible, and that the question, any good news yet, has but one answer, a single word. It is the word that the disciples were not ready to hear. The word that we can lose in the depths of our anxiety. The word that only Jesus will give us to make sense and to make life. Resurrection.